It's just gone midday. The name is Arabile Kumete. Welcome to it. It's MoneyWeb at midday. Today's show really focuses a little bit on health and just how everything has been going in that regard. Of course, again, you can follow me, um, Arabile G, on Twitter uh, as well. Um, taking a look at some of the earnings news that has come out, Life Healthcare, Meta has come out. Mr. Price will get to chat about all of that and just how the markets have been performing as well. And we'll get into it in all just a bit. Remember that the show is brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. Let's get into your money web at midday. Is the land expropriation without compensation plan the biggest threat to the new dawn as promised by new president Cyril Ramaphosa? Can SA make any progress against the background of increasing protest action, strikes and low economic growth? Attend the Brenthurst Wealth SA Quo Vadis seminar series hosted in association with MoneyWeb to hear the insights of five leading experts. Magnus Haystack of Brenthurst, Ralph Mateja, political analyst, Magda Verzitska of Signia, Glenn Owen of Momentum, and Jean-Pierre Fastad of Fairtree Capital. Bookings at www.quicket.co.za. Search for Brenthurst. Well, the results of Life Healthcare certainly came out earlier today, and uh, it was an interesting set, of course. And we got to speak to the CEO uh, himself just a little bit earlier on, and really got to detail just how things are going at the company. We, st- we spoke to Dr. Shrey Virana, and just how the company is faring and how it managed to get the results it did get with their H1 profit just up over fifty percent there as well, um, and how he managed to do that despite the tough economic conditions and this is what he had to say. I think that's a fantastic question and um, I think in reality these tough environments beyond economic ones is that healthcare and healthcare provision in all of the countries we in you know lend itself to that, that same story which is is cost pressure and sure. a, a huge push to, to make healthcare more affordable which by the way at a principal level we are very supportive of. Mm. I think in, in reality given that context and given that we accept that that's the environment in which we're working in, we're very mindful about how we apply, you know, just good, efficient operating principles that we've learned and established over the years in South Africa, in the South African business, but also in in the other markets. So hence, when we shared today, the turnaround in Poland, the the adjustments we've made in the UK, given the shift in, in, in the mobile market, and what we're experiencing in South Africa, you know, that's really contributed, which is, I think, playing to the strengths of, of life healthcare as a group, which is really around being a, a good, efficient operator. Yeah, on the global front, you, you obviously deal with a lot of headwinds um, on, 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 you know, country-specific matters themselves. Um, how do you allow yourself and the company to then maneuver and, and, and match up to the different areas in which you have to, have to operate in? You know, I think the reality is that in, in each of these markets, it's a combination of good on-the-ground senior executives who have a rich understanding of the market, mm. the trading environment, and then effectively and, and quite closely supported by the execs we have, we have at the center. I think it's uh, that's just the reality for what's worked effectively in all of the countries that we're in, which is why there's a push from us in our investments to get even closer um, to, to the international ones, which you'll see happening over time. 
Yeah. Um, recently acquired new businesses. I mean, you're in, you're in conversations as well with, I think it's Max India as well there. Um, how how are all those sort of going um, as well, just with regards to expanding your asset base as well? Interestingly, with Max, you would be aware that we under cautionary. And yeah. the reason for that is actually um, the opposite to an expansion discussion is that we're looking to dispose of our interest, uh, our equity interest stake uh, in Max. And that's yeah. not because in any way uh, a negative reflection either of Max uh, healthcare as a business nor of India. I think of both the business and the country, we we have a very positive uh, outlook on. However, when we think about our the international part of our strategy, which is a growth through a, a non-acute model, so really focusing on complementary services and diagnostics, then an emerging market investment like India doesn't necessarily align to that as opposed to really delivering value from the investments we've made in Alliance Medical Group, which is one of the largest Western European diagnostics businesses, and the investment we've made in Eastern Europe through ScanMed. Uh, so it's slightly more nuanced in terms of how we're thinking about growth. Yeah, um, quite an interesting one there in in terms of that of that expansion plan. Are you the spend on it all as well? Is that going to be just the same as as you said in terms of it being nuanced as well? Um, or are you looking at, at at perhaps putting in quite a quite a bit a big chunk uh, of money towards that too? So we have already made quite material investments in the alliance. Uh, investment, as you're aware, being you know in the range of 12 to 14 billion rand that was invested um, in the last 18 odd months. Yeah. So I think the, the the big investments, the big capital investments, have already been done. Mm. It's now about how we integrate those businesses and start to operate them more effectively to unlock the value and demonstrate the value that we create from the investments that we've made to date. Uh, and then I think secondarily to that, at a at a, at a much lighter scale, once we've truly deliver the value from those first set of investments, we look at where appropriate, you know, on a case-by-case basis, bolting on investments that supplement the businesses that we bought. Yeah. Um, Economically, um, and and perhaps with, you know, if we bring it back to South Africa, um, you've had everything from pricing issues with regards to regulators um, and medical aids as well. Um, you've also had uncertainty over the National Health Insurance Plan as well and the competition inquiry into pricing. Uh, you've faced many, many headwinds. How far do you think it'll all go? And are you aware of a way to perhaps systematically work with government through things like the NHI and that competition commission issue and, of course, with regulators and the pricing? I'll be like another another fabulous question. And as I mentioned, and I'll come to South Africa, but if we take a step back for us as a group and look at all of the countries that we're in, Mm -hmm. what you've described is our reality. We had a massive tariff adjustment by the government less than two years ago in Poland. We've seen similar pressure in the NHS in the UK. We've seen something similar in 2016 in Italy. Man, and as you mentioned, the full uh, range of discussions that are happening uh, in South Africa currently, uh, as well as in an environment that's going, you know, pri- private funder-led pressure from the funders around being more prudent around the cost, which is really a global discussion around driving affordability of care. At a principal level, we are very supportive of that. I mm-hmm. think from our side, it's about one, as you can hear, being aware of it and recognizing that's the environment in which we trade in. 
And two, then how do we adjust our operating model uh, for that? Ideally in anticipation, but obviously, you know, when when these these effects come into play. So in that sense, we're very well aware and we're working proactively in that regard. To your question at the end around working with government, that's an absolute commitment from us where where we have the ability to absolutely will support and participate in that, and that both in South Africa, but also in the other countries that we internationally, you know, it's something we do much more regularly. Most of our Western European businesses are actually working very closely with government. They tend to be the biggest funders in our businesses in most of these countries. Uh, And the same applies to Poland. Um, So South Africa uh, is one that's evolving to that, you know, as we talk about the NHI, etc. And so I think we're well positioned for that and we definitely are committed. My very final question is technology always uh, has a way to, to rear its head, of course, and you need to sort of keep up uh, and, and be abreast of all of that. How are you allowing technology to come into the business without necessarily affecting the workforce as well? How are you getting that balance right? For me personally, you know, it's, it's less of rearing its head. It's more an exciting time. I think it's a very exciting time to mm-hmm. be in healthcare given the, and I say this in a positive way, the disruption potential that technology brings to drive better clinical outcomes for our patients and to fundamentally shift cost positions. Uh, we in all aspects of it, both in the acute business as well as in our imaging investments internationally, um, uh, I wouldn't want to say aware because that might be overstating, but we're constantly working on you know, keeping abreast of what's coming, what's getting to scale, mm-hmm. and where we might want to invest ahead of the curve to use that to actually shift in our ability to pro- provide high-quality care. Well, that was the uh, the CEO uh, there of Life Healthcare, uh, Dr. Shrey Virana, really detailing how they managed to pull off quite uh, a good set of results. And we'll get to unpack that in just a moment or two as well. Chantal Marks from FNB Wealth and Investments is joining us in studio. Well, as I said, Chantel Marks joining us in studio. Chantel, you've gotten to listen to a little bit of that, but a good set of numbers coming through uh, from Life Healthcare. And that is despite issues with regulators, issues with the NHI, which they're not really sure about as well. Um, How do you think, or do you think rather, that they can continue to keep this up uh, despite the the economic uh, uh, tailwinds that seem to to be happening? Well, I mean, healthcare at the moment is a is a difficult one, and um, I think I think the CEO did did speak about that as well in terms of how heavily it is regulated and how dependent they are on regulators and on governments in order to make uh, the environment in which they operate attractive. Sure. So um, what's happened with Life Healthcare is their result has been flattered by a large acquisition that they made um, last year, Alliance Medical Group, which is kind of in the diagnostics game mm-hmm. um, in the UK and in Europe. Um, but what has also happened is it's actually weighed on their margins a little bit because it's a lower margin business than, than running hospitals. Um, what we also see and saw in that result was um, India really struggling, yeah. um, but 
I mean, we know they're trying to to exit that business. Yeah, that Max India that, business of theirs. Yes. yes, so that hasn't worked out the way that they wanted it to. Um, but uh, what surprised me was um, Poland and how well ScanMed started yeah. has started doing and how they've managed to turn that business around. Um, also working with a very tough government um, in that area and, um, and, and really starting to make it work. And then, of course, in South Africa, similar to what we saw out of MediClinic and, and NetCare, uh, there seems to be a recovery in the industry locally. Should we expect then for them to kind of come down a little bit um, as we head towards the, the, the full year results in terms of from the lofty heights of having revenue increase 17.5%, clearly not sustainable. So should we expect them to, to perhaps get a little bit lower than that mark? Yeah. So what happens is when you when you make the when you make an acquisition, it's it's never at the beginning of a financial year. It's yeah. almost at, at somewhere somewhere around the middle. So last year, the first half of their financial year, which is what they've reported on now, did not include Alliance Medical. Yeah. But the second half had a few months of Alliance um, in it. Sure. So. For that reason, um, for for base effect reasons, um, we should expect lower growth to come through in the second half. Mr. Price, the retail giant that uh, continues to just keep on giving, I think things are looking a little bit better as well. Profit up 21% for the full year. Is there a sort of a resurrection as as the economy also begins to pump up a little bit more? Yes, I mean, um, I was quite relieved when I saw Mr. Price's results this morning. It was Mm. one of the... it was actually the only retailer that reported so far that did not disappoint the market. Sure. Um, but, Mr. Price, um, this comes off a very soft base. So they had a pretty poor year, financial year last year, um, especially in the first half. Had quite a tough time, had some fashion misses. Um, we saw their, their, their profit margins deteriorate. Um, and they've just made a, a really strong comeback now, mm. um, meeting expectations on almost every single level. Um, and also the, the home business, surprising to the, to the upside we were expecting home to to move backwards in terms of sales and it actually did quite well and apparel um again very very strong i think it happens because i just bought a couple of things for for my home as well maybe that's why mr price home did so well but they have cut their dividend yeah um is that to say that there's possibly an expansion chance in future you know you hold back for that reason or do you think there's something else at play in that regard yeah, I think they're probably just trying to be a little bit more conservative in terms of their, their cash enough. management. Yeah. Um, I hope they're not trying to make a big acquisition, and I hope it's not in the UK. Um, <laughs> because our, our, uh, our companies are, are really not, not very good at making acquisitions in sure. the UK, and it destroys shareholder value, and yeah. it, it, it slashes uh, return on equity and return on assets. So I, I really do hope that's not what they're trying to get at. Um, mm. I hope it's just a cash conservation strategy. Um, they did say they they did they have they have dropped the coverage. Um, they did drop the coverage at the half year, so mm. I don't think it mm. came as a surprise that cover was lower. It's a bit worrying though. Retailers can't crack it in the UK. A lot of the food retailers, the likes of Tiger Brands and the like, can't make it in Africa either. Where would the right market be if you were to expand? Um, South Africa. So, <laughs> so just stay home. Stay home. You know what? There's there's something to be said for for for. Um, staying with what you know and expanding in area that you understand. Sure. Um, I think what happens with a lot of these businesses is as soon as they see some sort of an economic downturn happening locally, um, they, they have a lot of pressure from their shareholders and from their boards yeah. to, to expand offshore. And, and especially when it comes to searching for, for hard currency um, opportunities and, and 
it, it's always, it's always, always, always a, a, a unknown place yeah. that you need to learn, yeah. that you need to navigate. And your odds of making a bad acquisition are actually quite high. So I would say stay in South Africa. And if you want to venture outside our borders, um, I would actually still rather they move up from South Africa. So you go to Namibia, you go to Botswana, you go sure. to Zimbabwe, you go to, to Mozambique, Still the landscape Zambia, you know. And, and yeah, get to know those markets because those markets are high growth markets in, yeah. in future. Um, and you're going to get a lot more out of it uh, than you will in the likes of a UK or, or Europe. Sure, because uh, there's seemingly saturate, more saturated markets to enter yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, the European economy is pumping if it's growing at 1.2% a year. Um, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not it's exciting. It's not good for company news. It's not good for, for, for business growth either. I must say, I think Eastern Europe is a quite an interesting prospect for, for some of these, these companies. I know Pepco did exceptionally yeah. well in, in Poland and, um, and Eastern Europe generally. And that market seems to be a little bit more similar to, to what we have in South Africa. Okay, fair enough. Um, We'll sort of end off with regards to companies, just with regards to uh, the bid by MetAir as well. That's that's quite a big one. Yeah, um, three hundred million euros. Uh, they've they're a three billion rand market cap company, which yeah. means they're effectively trying to double in size. I'm not a hundred percent sure how they're planning to finance it. It'll definitely my in my mind. I think they'll have to come to to market for it. Sure. I'm just surprised that the share price has not reacted. So, I think probably MetAir holder is quite comfortable with them making this this big move have, um, they, have they announced it before i mean is this something that we all knew about and perhaps that's why you know somebody some of the shareholders are just yeah. like it's okay well i mean the reason they made that announcement is because there was some speculation yeah. in the media yeah. um but there hasn't been they i mean there's the saying in the market buy the rumor um sell the news yeah. but there, there hasn't <laughs> seemed to be a, a buy or sell leg on the actual confirmation of the news um i mean it still a long way to go. They're still busy with their due diligence. Um, but yeah, market not reacting to that. You spoke about that, that Eastern European sort of place. Um, yeah. And I mean, the company that they're buying is a, is a, is a car battery maker from mm. Slovenia. Yes. Uh, clearly that market, as you said, the key area perhaps to go into. Yeah, I mean, for them specifically, they're looking for low, um, for, for low cost manufacturing. So um, in especially when it comes to vehicle manufacturing. Mm. So uh, South Africa is, it, we, we do have a lot of incentives from government in terms of vehicle manufacturing, but it yeah. actually doesn't make sense logistically to, to manufacture in bulk um, over here. Sure. But Europe and Eastern Europe is still low-cost manufacturing because labor is still quite cheap and, um, and, and it's, it's closer to the rest of the world. So yeah. an attractive space for vehicle manufacturing and they, of course, uh, manufacture the batteries that go into those yeah, vehicles. Yeah. Overall market play yesterday wasn't so good. Today, expecting a little better? Yeah, it looks good so far. Yeah. Um, we've seen some big moves. Of course, Naspash up 4% helping helping matters. That tells you all you need to know, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and a lot of a lot of the, the, the stocks that have been sold off over the last few few days and weeks are making a bit of a comeback, um, mm. including see Breit up quite substantially as well. Yeah, and the currency as well. Um, yeah. Yesterday got a bit of a battering after those trade numbers as well. Uh, uh, he- heading towards around 1269, 1270 as well. Mm. A sustainable level is probably the question. It's at 1265 now, so no real movement. Where do you think that sustainability uh, sits for the RAND? 
for the rand. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on how on how um, stable the US dollar is, I guess, because sure. most of the movement that we've been seeing in the rand has been as a result of flows into into the into the US dollar. Mm. So US dollar strength really r- driving weakness in the rand. Um, not not actually local factors contributing to that risk off sentiment contrib- contributing to that. So as long as you can keep geopolitics quite stable, um, the rand should should settle. Um, trade numbers, I think, did have a bit of an impact, yeah. but I mean, it's it's not going to it's not going to rock the boat for for the rest of the year in terms of um, what we think the economy is going to do. Um, trade numbers do tend to be a little bit more volatile. What you're sure. looking at when you when you when you analyze it is actually um, you you just want to move in the right direction overall for the year. Yeah, but a yeah. smaller than expected surplus is not going to ruin things. Certainly an interesting discussion, Chantal Marks, F&B Wealth and Investments, having joined us in studio. Thank you so much for your time. Quickly, just remember that uh, GDP numbers do come out as well next week, Tuesday. So it's going to be quite an interesting one to see whether estimates towards the end of the year are really going to get to where they supposedly should be. The IMF having said that they see growth in South Africa around around 1.5%. It was pretty much the same as well for National Treasury, but they see it going even higher. S&P last Friday, um, having released their affirmation of South Africa's credit rating assumed that it would be at 2% for South Africa's growth in 2018. It's a big number. Can that really stick is going to be the big question. Cyril Ramaphosa last night uh, saying that the state of uh, South African SOEs is going to be quite a big deal uh, to determine just how we can get out of the the sewer that is uh, really grappling South Africa's economy and those sort of things having been cleared will certainly help South Africa's growth feature as well. All the things to watch out for, um, and we'll continue the discussion on MoneyWeb at midday. Numbers rule the world. Inflation, interest rates, petrol price. And when numbers change, you need to know how to respond, especially when it comes to business. Partner with a chartered accountant and get far more than a numbers person. A CASA is equipped with holistic business acumen and decision-making expertise when evaluating your business's future growth. Partner with a responsible leader in business. Partner with a CASA today. Go to saiga.co.za. Well, remember that MoneyWeb at Midday was brought to you by the South African Institute of Chartered Accountants. It's been a great show. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Arabi Lekumete. It's just gone 20 past the hour. I'll chat to you again soon. 